Hey everybody, this is Brandon Scott and I am the Fandom Pastor. As a big nerd, I guess, uh, I recognize that God is connected to everything in our world, and this includes fandoms. So fandoms are the fans of a particular person, a team, a fictional series, uh, all of those different groups that are identified together as a deep love or, or passion about a particular subject. Now, specifically, I'm looking at more of the, the nerdy side of things. So these are the Potterheads, the Harry Potter fans, the Trekkies, the Broadway fans, and more. God is connected to everything. And so join me as we see how God is connected everywhere. Understand that the first 46 episodes were recorded for YouTube. And so it's only 47 and after that are geared specifically towards uh, the podcasting. So thanks, God bless, and glad you can join us. Hey, everybody, this is Brandon Scott with our next episode of The Fandom Pastor. Um, welcome back or welcome for the first time. Uh, depending on how you found us or if you've been with us before. So do me a favor, if you would, um, you know, kind of give this a like, uh, share it out, just kind of let people know about this. So the whole channel is about um, showing how things within the fandom, uh, things like movies or comic books or or what have you, have all have a connection to God. And so this... Uh, is a continuation of our series on cult films. So cult films are things that also referred to as cult classics, uh, movies that have a cult following. People are passionate about it and they're uh, all about it and they share about it and they're just really uh, in love with the film. And so usually this has more to do with the following rather than the quality of the film. Um, so very often we have things that are watched ironically, that things that are not um, very popular when they first come out. So things like that. So every week I do a clue at the end of the prior uh, video. This one was uh, the actor, uh, one of the actors, main actors, actually was part of another film series as a played a famous robot. And so if you didn't get it, the robot was R2-D2 from the Star Wars film series, and the actor who played him was Kenny Baker. And Kenny Baker is one of the main actors in this film. Um, I love Kenny Baker. And the movie is Time Bandits. Now, Time Bandits is definitely... An unusual film, to say the least. It's a little different. It's a little odd. Uh, but the, um, the... Well, I'll tell you what. The trailer is at the bottom. Um, it's linked below. Check it out. Uh, and that will give you a taste of what the film is like. The trailer's weird, too. So, uh, just a couple things. I, first of all, I'm going to uh, share... A bit of trivia about this film that's that's really fun. Secondly, this is going to be a longer video, a slightly longer video, but I'm not going to be able to answer all of it. I'm just going to kind of touch on the subject here. So, 
In the original script, here's our trivia. In the original script, King Ag Agamemnon, I know I mispronounced that, uh, was introduced. In the original script, it said, the warrior took off his helmet, revealing someone that looks exactly like Sean Connery or an actor of equal but cheaper stature. Now, what was funny was Terry Gillum, who created this film, um, was totally blown away when he found out that Sean Connery actually ended up with the script in his hand and said he would do it. He wanted to be a part of it. And so they actually did get Sean Connery, even though they didn't think they ever would. Now, I will tell you that throughout all of Terry Gillum's films, there is a touch of a kind of a Christian nuance. Uh, Terry has said previous, you know, multiple times previously and, and since then as well, that he was raised Catholic. And so that's very ingrained in him. And so there is some, um, like I said, kind of some Catholic kind of understanding, but also um, kind of some critique of the Christian faith as well. He had some, some kind of some issues. So Terry Gillum was a part of the Monty Python uh, and the Flying Circus group. So they did um, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, and a number of other films. And you can see that throughout all of his films. So this particular film called Time Bandits, um, Kevin, who's this young boy, um, is in his room and all of a sudden, six little people come out of his closet, and they were actually former employees of the Supreme Being, Read Here is God, uh, and they've stolen a map that he had, uh, charting all of the holes um, in the fabric of time, and are using it to steal treasures throughout history. So they're jumping through time uh, as thieves. They're time bandits. So... Kevin uh, ends up going with these these six characters, and so they meet Napoleon and Robin Hood, um, Sean Connery's king character, uh, and eventually the supreme being catches up to them. They deal with the character of evil as well, um, but eventually the supreme being catches up to him. And I actually want to focus on what the Supreme Being says, this interaction between Kevin and the Supreme Being. Uh, so at the end of the film, Kevin asks the Supreme Being, he says, why uh, why does there have to be evil? And the Supreme Being says to Kevin, I think it has something to do with free will. Now, I'm not going to be able to answer the the whole scope of free will and and or why there's evil or anything, but I do want to touch on some of this, and it, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. So first of all, we have to consider when did free will start? Well, we're created in God's image, so we have free will, but our free will was first put into action by Adam and Eve, um, and God gave Adam the one command that he and Eve are not to eat uh, of the, the fruit of the tree of good and evil. And so it seems that, you know, it would only make sense that Adam and Eve would follow God's command. Um, this one rule he had. I mean, he'd given them absolutely everything else. And not only 
did they they get this command from God himself. I mean, they interacted with God on a regular basis. It to, always talks about God was coming to the garden to walk with them and talk with them. So that he spent time with them. So they were given this uh, chance to um, use their free will. And so they basically make this choice that they think they know better than God. Um, of course, they'd been kind of coerced by by the serpent, of course, but they made their choice. Uh, they thought they knew better than God. Very much similar to the, to the bandits, who think that they know better than the supreme being, God, um, and decide that they are instead going to think only about themselves. And that's very much what I believe uh, when we... When we make that mistake of free will, we always think that we know better than God. Um, we begin to think only of ourselves, not of anyone else. So God could easily have taken away free will. That was totally an option for him. He created man uh, and woman um, and so could have done away with free will and, and only said that they can do exactly what he says. And in fact, we would not have known the difference if God had not given us free will. That would not have been an issue for us because we wouldn't have known any different. But instead, he gave us free will. And so he gave us the choice. Now, obviously, the idea behind free will, choosing whether or not to focus on us or others or God or what have you, and he lets us choose. He lets us give that option. It gives us the opportunity, though, to have a perfect relationship with God. Now, throughout this film, the the characters of the bandits and Kevin all kind of use their free will in different ways. They use their free will in different aspects. In fact, even the character of evil uses free will. Uh, now, whether or not, you know, there's, there's the, the subject of the character of evil says, God didn't, or the Supreme Being didn't create me, I created myself, type thing. And and that goes into the whole theological issue, it, did God create evil? And if he did, why did he create it? Or did evil come about? Did evil already exist? We're not going to get into that, because quite honestly, there's no perfect answer. It's the same way with free will. There's no perfect answer. But we all have the choice of whether or not to engage our free will. We all have that choice of free will. Um, and so we have to decide, are we going to be uh, using it for good or for evil? And so some may say, well, what about things like natural disasters and, and uh, things of that nature that really have no good or evil, they're just nature. And I can't answer that. And in fact, I don't think anybody really can. That's part of the aspect of trusting God, which is very difficult, uh, which means using our free will makes it even more difficult because we have to choose what is ultimately for the best. And we have to listen to the guidance of God or the supreme being. Now, the bandits choose not to listen to the supreme being and in fact, uh, steal from him, do what they want to do. Now, in the end, they, they connect with the Supreme Being a little bit, um, but ultimately, what does that mean? Are we to, to engage our free will until 
God drags us back? Is that how this plays out? So in essence, we almost don't have complete and total free will uh, that we can actually be punished almost for our uh, choices. I don't know. That's again, an aspect that we don't really have full control over. So the bandits make very bad choices and could have actually done some real damage. In fact, they do quite a bit of damage anyways, but the spring being steps in to fix the mistakes before they go too far. And he, he talks about it kind of being an experiment and seeing how things will play out. Does God do that now? I don't think so. I don't think he, he plays with us like that. But for some people, they don't understand the concept of, of trusting in a being over us uh, because they don't the say the father figure that they have which we always refer to as god the father um maybe their father figure they have the authority figure they have has never been trustworthy has never been honest has never been worthy of being listened to um who knows uh, this all goes into the aspect of free will though how are we going to engage our free will and I know I haven't answered it at all. I maybe just made you think even more about it. But understand that free will exists, even for those who literally saw God and walked with him, they chose to deny him, Adam and Eve. Uh, and so they chose to deny God because of free will. So what does that look like for us? Those of us who have never actually seen God face-to-face -face walking in a garden with him. I don't know. That makes us think. You know, the end of the, the film, Time Bandits, leaves a lot open. Um, there's been talk of a, a sequel for many, many years, and I don't think it'll ever happen, and I don't think it should. Sometimes we just need to leave things open. So who knows? Uh, if you have not seen the film, though, I think you... you if you have kind of a quirky sense of humor, I think you would enjoy it. I really did. Um, I have it on DVD. I watch it many, many, many times. Um, as a kid, it was one of my favorites. I really enjoyed it. But there's a lot, as I watch it as an adult, there's a lot more uh, theological pieces to it than I realized. Um, there's way more than what, we're just talking about in free will and good and evil. There's so much. And you could spend all sorts of time thinking about it. But watch it and, and see what you all think. So join me in a couple weeks as we continue our series on cult films. Um, our next one, I'm going to give you the clue for the next one. This was the final theatrical movie directed by uh, this incredible and, and famous puppet master. Um, just just a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, so check that one out in a couple weeks and I'll see you then. Thanks and God bless.